0: We'll Old, and up until recently, it's gotten arrogant, bold, and in our face. And taking every opportunity to snare humanity with the lures of this world through Hollywood, the music industry, big pharma, big tech, big media, and much more. There's a hard line that must not be crossed by this enemy. A line that must be etched in your heart with the word of God. A line few are holding, but many more are needed. Are you willing to take to the effects of any engagement of this enemy fighting in unity as warriors for Christ and in the pursuit of truth? If so, welcome to his hard line. Good evening, Hardliners. say thank you for joining us today. It is February 22nd, 2022. It's Tuesday. So happy Tuesday to all of you out there. And tonight you are listening to the death of the old self. Now we're going to start off with an opening prayer. So dear heavenly father, Thank you so very much today for this day. And we pray and say thank you so very much for another day of life and good health for ourselves, our family, our friends. Thank you for the gift of work. I ask you tonight that you guide my words and you guide my thoughts. Tonight is a topic that runs very deep topic that you have pressed upon me to discuss. And I just want to say. I hope I can get this message out properly. That hopefully those who listen to this message. Will really take the seriousness of the message. And hopefully not go through the same. They will not have to go through the same type of experience that I went through in order to reach the point to where I am at now. However, I just pray that everybody's walk isn't a huge, painful one. Thank you, Lord, for all that you do. Thank you for our marriage and our family and our daughter. And we pray all this in your Holy Son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, guys. So today we're going to be discussing something that is not of the assemblies. You are listening to His Hardline, and this is a discussion that we're doing every Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays. Now, as I sit and reflect on the reason why I started the podcast here, as I mentioned, this is something that has been on my heart for nine to ten months before I even started acting on it and getting the microphone and getting everything situated. And as I we started, and it seemed like we gained momentum pretty quickly with downloads. And you know, I was discussing topics in some of these longer discussions. You know, when it comes to the to the uh, the assemblies and into uh, discussing just original history. Of this nation and although I feel like a lot of that is very important because we are right now a nation adrift at the end of the day I had to sit back and assess a little bit and be like oh and think to myself okay what exactly are you really trying to do are you trying to help contribute to the preservation of this nation which is very important mind you And restoring God back at the top of this throne here of this nation. We should be calling the United States of America. Or are you here to truly help soften hearts and open hearts so people can allow Christ to pour in? And so, excuse me. I have a lot of stories and a lot of things to share from my own personal life that I think would be of great benefit to anybody that would listen and hopefully they would, you know, um, really, truly listen to the message and, and, and learn from the experience of somebody else. Because one thing that I've always done my absolute best in my own life is to look at other, other people's mistakes and experiences, and and try to learn the lesson from their own experience and mistakes, so I don't have to go through that. And there are many out there. One of them, for example, is foreclosure and bankruptcy. I've never, ever, I've seen my, I've seen my, you know, my folks, my parents, they've went through that. I've seen that happen. It's an ugly process. I swore up and down, I'd never let that happen. And so that is a lesson A thing that I have seen my parents go through and I swore that I would take their experience, their mistakes, their, you know, what they went through. And I, I swore that I would take their lesson and, and, and try to learn it quickly without going through the hardship that they went through. So we're going to discuss something a little deep. And as a forewarning, it's a little bit of a sad Topic In a way, but when we get out at the other end of this, it's going to reflect just how powerful God and the Holy Spirit and Christ really, truly, really work within somebody when the intentions of their prayers are sincere. It's very amazing how God answers prayers. So, so a couple of quick, uh, just a little quick show notes, a little housekeeping here. Again, we do our best to do a 1% or less with him a daily. I did not do one today. I'll be honest. I was very, very tired because I knew I had this podcast to do. I had to lay down and take a nap because rest is very important. I, uh, today was the last day of, um, training the new guy that I had in the truck, Matthew. So he is now going to be on his own and I will have my truck back all to myself. Uh, my normal routine has been thrown out of whack. So I haven't been really able to do my normal routine like I typically do, which is write in my journal on a daily basis. I mean, I've been really thrown on my routine and, uh, just it's something new. And I feel like every once in a while I should do that because we do get into such a routine that, you know, sometimes a little, a little, you know, throwing a little wrench in the wheel once in a while isn't necessarily a bad thing, but boy, let me tell you what, I do miss my routine. So I do apologize. Maybe the show, you know, the podcast may have suffered a little bit because of that. I mean, I wasn't really able to focus too heavily on my notes, but nonetheless, uh, the show on the uh, 1% or less with him is daily. We do a chapter a day and we do a quick analysis on that. And then every Tuesday, Thursday and Saturdays, we will do a uh, a His Hardline discussion on something of uh, relevance, a topic, uh, particularly, you know, a topic of, you know, either something that's related to the true history of this nation or the assemblies, or more particularly with um, just life in general. Um, And today is one of those topics that has to do with life. All right. So, again, you're listening to the death of the old self, and that would be my own self. Now, before we get started, I always want to discuss something that I like to call the noise of the day or, you know, the top headline of the day. But again, I look at all news as noise because a lot of it really holds no water, holds no validity. I don't care what source it comes from. Fox, CNN, OAN, Gateway Pundit, Natural News, uh, you know, X22. I I don't care where it comes from. It's noise. It's noise. And this one comes from the Gateway Pundit. Um, the author here is Christina Layla, and the headline reads, Biden ignores all questions from reporters on Putin, Ukraine, after showing up over an hour late for remarks. All right, let's pause there for a second. First off, that is just crazy. All right, now, again, Biden is not the the real president. Again, he's the president of the fake corporation, which is the small little square mileage, you know. Uh, uh, land they call Washington, D.C., which, again, is foreign-owned, so make no mistake. He is the president of that little area called D.C. He's not the president of the United States of America. Um, And, again, make no mistake, neither is Trump, okay? Now, Trump is still technically recognized to be in power by the Navy, okay? And anybody who has ears to hear and eyes to see does know that. If you actually go to D.C., to the visitor center, okay, you will not see— Joe Biden's picture up as the 46th president of the United States, which is the United States of the corporation, mind you, okay, which is dissolved, by the way, okay. Again, no more of this thinking, you know, these guys are just crazy conspiracy theorists. And this Jason, boy, he's nuts. Well, that's fine. I think you're nuts if you really truly believe that Joe Biden's the real president of the true United States of America, the nation, all right, the original nation. Um, So again, do your own research. Don't take my word for it. Do your own homework and don't use Google for crying out loud. Don't use YouTube. Okay. If you don't know this by now, they censor beyond all measures. They pull out all the stops for crying out loud. Do not use these big tech, tyrannical freaking corporations because you believe it or not, they're the ones that are kind of behind this freaking whole charade that's going on this whole clown show. let's move on on this noise joe biden on tuesday was over an hour late to deliver remarks on russia and ukraine stop any president that's an over an hour late to a you know a press conference quote unquote right or to trust the public first off that's a complete if if this was a true real president first off that's a disrespect on the american people the media if they were worth really I guess respecting, but, you know, to be over an hour late, what the heck does that say about this quote-unquote president? It's it's just a shame. Continues on to say, Russia lawmakers gave President Putin permission to use the military force outside the country a Tuesday vote. Several European leaders said earlier in that day that Russian troops have moved into rebel-held areas in eastern Ukraine after Putin recognized their independence. Okay, let's stop there for a quick second. Now, that's very interesting. Now, does it ever stop? You know, I was just talking to uh, my my trainee, Matthew, earlier today about this. You know, Russia gets freaking bastardized and attacked often, and it has been for years and years and years. And if you actually, again, would do your homework and see where Russia was when it was the USSR and how that got destroyed and where it's at today and how many years it took to rebuild Russia up. And I'll tell you what, you're going to find a very interesting but true history there. Here's the thing. Russia kicked out... The private Western Central Bank, owned by these elitists that basically run this country, okay. Let's be clear: Russia kicked out the elitists, these pedophile freaking jerks of you know uh, th- these these poor excuses of, of of people out of their country, out of his country, and did not allow them to set up shop there to basically install their currency like they have here and everywhere else in the world. I mean, this is what they do, okay? This has to do with these elitists and these bankers trying to set up shop everywhere around the world because make no mistake, this is how they make their money. This is how these elites make their money is off the enslavement of the people around the world with their little fake bullcrap currency using their, you know, bullcrap uh, institutions what they call banks and private central banks and federal reserves, okay? Putin knew what the heck was going on, and he kicked their freaking butts out. Why do you think they're after them, after Russia so hard and so aggressive? And then people say, oh, but Putin, you know, he, he's, he, he's a murderer. He kills, he kills his own reporters, and he kills these people. Well, you know, I got news for you. If he did, and I'm sure he has, and I'm pretty sure that these people that he probably offered are probably people that are part of the deep state, part of these private Western central banks. So, you know what? Good. But Jason, that's not very Christ like. No. You know what? You read through the Bible there's many different violent scenarios that have taken place, you know, but here's the thing, when you got an evil out there such as, you know, these freak, these private bankers, okay? And they're trying to enslave humanity, I'm sorry. When you have God at your side and you need to fight this evil, you need to let God, you know, God God will get his vengeance. I believe you me. Okay? But these are evil people that run these banks, these elitists. And he, he knew what they were doing. They tried to take over his country. He kicked them out. I tell you what, Russia's doing better than ever. I'm not saying Russia's perfect, and I'm not saying Putin is perfect, but what I am saying is that he was on to their nonsense. This is why they go after him them so much. Continuing on, Biden was supposed to speak at 1 p.m. Instead, he came out at 2 p.m., but he was late this is the beginning of a Russian invasion. This is a quote now, he said, right? So this is the beginning of a Russian invasion of Ukraine. So I am going to begin to impose sanctions in response, end quote, said Biden. All right, I'm going to just say right now, he's got no authority. He's got no jurisdiction. He can't do a damn thing. And even if he could, guess what? Russia is set up to be working as an independent nation state, sovereign in its own right, and Anything that this country, the United States of the corporation or any country for that matter, that's within NATO, there's nothing they can do about it. Okay, again, Russia and Putin, they're very, very smart. They know what's going on. You ever realize all this stupid noise that we keep hearing? Oh, we're going to be we're going to be at war. We're going to be at war. And it hasn't happened. Come on, think about it, guys. Continue on. Beginning quote here. Like I said last week, defending freedom will have a cost for us as well here at home. We need to be honest about that, he added, end quote. And then he also says, when all is said and done, we're going to judge Russia by its actions, not its words. Whatever Russia does next, we are ready to respond with unity, clarity, conviction. I'm hoping diplomacy is still available, end quote. Biden said, wrapping up his 10-minute garbled speech. And then Biden turned his back on the reporters and he walked away without answering any questions. Okay, again, here's the thing. Again... Real president would take questions when Trump was in office again, fake office, because again, we're talking about a de facto fraudulent government, but he would take a ton of questions and he would continue taking questions. I'm sure his aides got so sick of it. He would take more questions than they really wanted him to, but he took questions. This guy, this freaking joke that they call a president of the freest country in the world. Supposedly doesn't even take any freaking questions. That should tell you something. They don't want him talking. He's a puppet. That's that's enough of the noise. All right. Now, we're going to start off with a Bible reading here. And we are going to read Ephesians 2. I'm just trying to get my notes up here. So, let me see here what we got here. Excuse me tried a little something different in my notes, so I'm like kind of stumbling here a little bit. Here, it's probably the wrong time to really try something new. All right, so we're going to read Ephesians chapter 2, all right? It'll be very quick. It's subtitled, Generosity of God's Plan, and it has a lot to do with what we're going to discuss tonight, and it reads, You were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you once lived, following the age of this world, following the ruler of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the disobedient, all of us once lived among them in the desires of our flesh, following the wishes of the flesh and impulses, and we were by nature children of wrath like the rest. But God, who is rich in mercy because of the great love he had for us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, brought us to life with Christ. By grace you have been saved raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavens in, Jesus, in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show his immeasurable richness of his grace in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from you. It is a gift from God. It is not from works, so no one may boast. For we are his handiwork created in Christ Jesus for the good works that God has prepared in advance that we should live in them. This next part, starting with verse 11, the subtitle is One in Christ. And it reads Therefore, remember that at one time, Gent- you, Gentiles, in the flesh, called the uncircumcision by those called the circumcision, which is done in the flesh by human hands, were at that time without Christ, alienated from the community of Israel, and strangers to the covenants of promise, without hope and without God in the world but now in christ jesus you who were who were who once were far off have become near by the blood of christ for he is our peace he who made both one and broke down the dividing wall of enmity through his flesh abolishing the law with its commandments and legal claims that he might create in himself one new person in place of the two thus establishing peace and might reconcile both with God in one body through the cross, putting that enmity to death by it. He came and preached peace to you who were far off, and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So, then you are no longer strangers and sojourners, but you are fellow citizens with the Holy Ones and members of the household of God built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets with christ jesus himself as the capstone through him the whole structure is held together and grows into a temple sacred in the lord in him you also are being built together into a dwelling place of god in the spirit and that is the end of that reading of ephesians chapter 2. now in tonight's discussion, again, it's called The Death of the Old Self. And this is something that I was pressed upon to discuss. And I'm going to try to make this not a very long one tonight, so it's very easy and not as quite as long as other episodes. But, you know, if you were to talk to me years ago, when I was in my low to mid-twenties, I... And 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 you told me that I was, you know, I would be co-hosting a podcast with God and Jesus Christ in a driver's seat, taking control of this wheel, which is called my life. I am fairly certain that I would have looked at you like you were an idiot. Forgive me for my words, but just being honest. And you might ask, but why? Just like it states in verse one, and I'm gonna read it. I was once dead, living in my transgressions and living in sin. I was once dead, living in my transgressions and living in sin. Now, if I haven't talked about it before, I'm going to say it today. Now, I used to DJ. I was a club DJ. I wasn't a wedding DJ. I wasn't some backyard, you know, barbecue party DJ. I was a nightclub DJ. As a DJ who partied it up. And was performing in and out of nightclubs literally across the country. It's needless to say that I was consumed in heavy drinking, poor decision making, getting behind the wheel of a of a brand new Ford Mustang at that time, which was, you know, a pretty pretty fast car. Not a whole lot of good can come out of that, especially after two thirty AM when the clubs close and the bars close and the peop and the police are out in full force looking for drunk drivers like me. It's amazing how I never ended up in jail in the hospital or six feet under in a casket somewhere. Literally, it is amazing. I felt a long time ago that God had a specific purpose for me. I just didn't know what. I always felt it, and this is before I came to Christ, mind you. The Holy Spirit is very powerful. He even talks to those who aren't even rooted in Christ. Believe me, the Holy Spirit's very powerful. But I always knew somewhere inside of me and all of that sin, I knew God had some sort of purpose for me. I just didn't know what, and I would feel it every once in a while. And it felt like a warm, warm, uh, I can't even, I can't even explain it. I mean, it sounds stupid, but like a warm hug on my heart. I'd feel this little, literal warmth. And I've only had it, I think once or twice that I can remember. Now, full disclosure, I'm not saying this because I'm proud of it. There's nothing that I am more proud of except the fact that I have Christ in my heart and centered around our home, our marriage, and our family of three. Now, aside from all the drinking, I put you know I partook, partaken, partook. I don't know the proper. I have to get with my wife on that one. She's the wordsmith. But I partook in a lot of smoking pot. And I was a huge cigarette smoker. I mean, sometimes I would go through two, two and a half packs a day there for a while. I smoked for a while. I slept around. I was living a very promiscuous life being in and out of nightclubs from state to state. You know, looking back at it, I had no self-respect for myself or really respect for women in general like I had once thought I did. But believe it or not, at that time, I thought I was on top of the world. Why? Because I had a great job. I was a marketing director. I traveled the country. I went from state to state. In addition to that, because I was able to have the versatility and the, the movement of going state to state, I also was, you know, I, I I worked a lot of nightclubs across this country. I was also a DJ working on the side, working for an independent record label that was located outside of Dallas, Texas, promoting their music. I worked with a lot of rappers, I produced music. I made mixtapes for them. I traveled the country. I was in and out of nightclubs, performing all over, from New Mexico to New Hampshire, and from Wisconsin to Texas and Florida, and every place in between. I knew DJs in so many big cities. I knew so many guys you know, that were, you know, a lot bigger DJs than me that were out of LA and and in uh, Vegas. One of them actually went on to sign on with a record label to go working with uh, Jason Aldean. I can't call him a friend, a close friend, but he was certainly acquaintance, somebody I knew, somebody I talk to. Thought that was pretty cool. Good on him. I hope he's doing well. But I was a young guy with a new sports car. I had no ties to anyone or any place. I was living free on the road as a young man thinking I had I had the world at my fingertips. So I thought. Now what I couldn't understand was even though I was making this great, you know, I was making great money according to my own perception and standards and definition i was making great money more money than i ever had in my younger 20s which was actually a lot of money for some of my age without a college degree i was making a ton of money i drove a modern day muscle car i had youth on my side i was living it up i was having the time of my life living in and out of some of the nicest hotels and bed and breakfast establishments establishments and experiencing all the attractions and sights that this nation had to offer i got to see a lot and what was cool about it was I actually drove everywhere. So, I, I mean, I really enjoyed myself. Make no mistake. I, I wouldn't, I, you know, it was a very cool experience. But I remember having many, many moments though of loneliness, bouts of depression from time to time, sitting in these, you know, sitting in my own, you know, in my rooms and in my, you know, just se- seriously just sitting from time to time and just kind of having bouts of depression. And my heart wasn't feeling fulfilled. And oftentimes I wondered, where was my life going? I literally felt like I was a lost soul. A lot of times with no sense of purpose or meaning. Now, I always felt like God had a purpose for me. I just didn't know what it was at that time. But at that time, my own understanding was I was lost. What was I doing? Now, when it got bad enough, I thought buying a newer car, a newer Mustang, would help satisfy that emptiness that I had in my heart. Sure, I felt great in the moment, and it kept me occupied, especially with the overcare of the washing and detailing of my car, because it was a black-on-black-on-black kind of car. I mean, it was sharp. I had dark-tinted windows. I had black rims. It was black. It had black leather seats. I mean, the thing was just blacked out. And I look back on it, I'm like, man, I mean, when you think of black, you think of darkness, right? I was living a dark lifestyle. I was living in an intentional sin. The newness eventually wore off and I was back to square one again. I started feeling empty inside. I didn't know what was going on. All I knew is something had to change. And it wasn't until 2012 where I was at my last marketing campaign and you know I my the, my now wife Katie who I am happily married 7 years now going on 8 coming up in August I had met her actually at one of these marketing campaigns I did in uh in Michigan and we were friends we dated you know and um and we stayed in touch and you know long story short eventually we ended up you know, becoming, you know, get, be dating later on in de- 2012, she drove out from, uh, Michigan to, uh, where was I at Iowa? I was at one of my last marketing promotions and she, you know, we always, and I always told her, and I, and I meant this when I said it, I can't date you now, or I can't, I can't, you know, I can't be with you now. I could not be your boyfriend, but I know that if, if that was the case, when that, did, that time did come, you were definitely the woman I could fall in love with, that I, I could be with for forever. I know I can love you. I just can't do that now. And I was being honest. It was weird. It was something that was really out of character for me. But I knew me. I knew how I was. And I knew that wouldn't be fair to her. But she drove out to Iowa. And... She came back home with a boyfriend. Now, I didn't go back with her physically, but I had to obviously wrap up the marketing campaign that I was at there in Iowa. Um, so just a little backstory there on how we you know, met and how where we're at at the moment, but just kind of continuing on here. Now, there's a song by Jeremy Camp that I often tell my wife is my theme song. It's called Dead Man Walking. Now, I'd play the song, but... Because of copyright laws and licensing, I don't know what that, you know, all entails. And I don't want to really get involved in any type of lawsuit. So I'm just going to read some of the lyrics. So obviously any music you hear is stuff that I put together. The verse one, if you haven't heard it, it reads as it reads like this. Freedom was something that I never found. Trying to fix or excuse me, trying to find six feet underground under the weight of all of my sin fighting the fight that I couldn't win. Then you rescued me, and now I can breathe. I was a dead man walking, until I was a man walking with you. I was a blind man falling, until I felt the life you're calling me to, pulling me out of the darkness and pulling me out of the lies, putting the beat in my heart again. I was a dead man walking, until you loved this dead man walking back to life. I took, I look for the words, but cannot explain. A new kind of love ran into my veins. You are the key to all of my chains. To all that I was, now I'm not a slave. Those are just some of his lyrics there. The majority of them there. I love that song. It is my favorite song. Jeremy Camp is an amazing artist, and I love the movie he has. I think it's called uh, I... I still believe it's a wonderful movie. Check it out. Now, eventually, of course, my wife and I eventually got married in 2000, uh, 2014. Excuse me. Had to think about that there for a minute because she moved down to Florida by me in 2013 because I quit, went to go work for my stepfather at the time, my late stepfather actually, he committed suicide. We'll talk about that difference show. It's not really relevant now, but, you know, um, our marriage, our life started off really rocky. And it was like that for quite some time, for f- quite a few years. And as I started, but as I started digging into my Bible and internalizing God's word in my soul was really when the Holy Spirit started working within me and started to you know i started to make better choices as i grew older and grew just a just a smidge bit wiser in fact in my own walk it wasn't until late 2020 when i finally started really really get to get serious and committed to christ and god and truly let the old me the dead self that i used to live in that i used to be finally die that final death and finally gave my life to Christ and God and then I and and with that I asked guide me as you see fit for your greater plan and I will fully surrender to your plan and the works you want me to pursue just guide me what do you want me to do now you might ask well what happened in late 2020 now my wife and I Had reached our six-year anniversary in that year, that August. And we had yet another blow-up argument that should have brought the marriage to divorce. Yet, once again, like the previous four or five other times, only this time she had actually had it. And in that moment, I believe in my heart that the Holy Spirit not only gave her the courage in that moment, but also allowed her to speak truth that had never been uttered out of her lips until that night. And those words were, you are verbally abusive to me. We've had a lot of arguments leading up prior to that before. I've never heard that. When she uttered those words, let me tell you something. In an instant, like lightning flashed down. At that very moment was when I felt God smash me down internally into a billion pieces. And with that destruction of the old self, the the final destruction of the old self, he began really. To reshape me and in the image that he needed me to be. That was the moment when I realized that the old me had to absolutely die. The old self that was dead. I had no spirit, I had no life within me. And with that passing away of the old self came about the birth of a new man, spiritually, that is, and little did I realize it would send me down that path that I never really thought I'd ever walk. Now, I always believed in God and Jesus Christ. I just never talked about him like I do now. I don't have a burning passion. I never had a burning passion for God and Christ like I do now. Yes, I believed, but I never, never was really rooted in Christ and in his word. And to really live my life and implement the ways that Christ wanted, wants all of us to, to walk in. And and make, no, and make no mistake, we will not be perfect in that walk. We will stumble, we will fall, but we have to keep getting back up, put our best foot forward, and live the best life as we possibly can. Like it says in verse 8, For, grace, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from you. It is the gift of God. It is not from works, so no one may boast, for we are his handiwork, created in Christ Jesus for the good works that God has prepared in advance, that we should live in them. Let me repeat that, because that's worth repeating. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from you, it is the gift of God. It is not from works, so no one may boast for we are his handiwork created in Christ Jesus for the good works that God has prepared in advance, that we should live in them. You know, I had a completely different show schedule and notes prep for today. But something inside of me was pressing in my heart to talk about this very thing today. I don't know who needs to hear this. Maybe nobody, I don't know. But it's a hard topic for me to discuss because as I look back and disbeli- I look back in, 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 in my life and I look back at that at those particular moments and disbelieve that I was even like that. It pains me because the woman I claim to love, honor, and cherish, I was hurting. I wasn't honoring her. I thought I did, but like everything I thought, I was right in all and nobody could tell or convince me otherwise but the mighty power of God Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit working all as one crushed me down only to build me back up and humbled me in a renewed spirit and a love for Christ in my heart what ultimately ended up happening is life got breathed into my spirit a revitalization of my soul like I've never felt before now, in present day, the little kerfluffles my wife and I have are little water balloon fights. Yes, I use the word kerfluffle. It's a weird word, but I heard it from Dr. Laura when I used to listen to her. I don't so much anymore. She's a bit extreme now as I listen to some of her advice, but she was writing a lot of things. She wasn't wrong. She just had a bit of a, a different outlook on certain things. But a kerfluffle is basically just little tiffs, little, just little, little teeny tiny irrelevant arguments that eventually, you know, blow over in like five, 10 minutes, right? Just the I like the word, it's kind of fun to say, but they were just, you know, their little fights were just little water balloon fights versus the, you know, the previous World War three, four, five, six, and sevens that we used to have and they used to take place and basically left us bloodied and wounded. And, you know, basically just limping away, metaphorically speaking, mind you, there was, You know, no man or woman or wife or husband were hurting the, uh, you know, hurt in this, you know, physically. But, you know, verbally, as we all know, because words carry weight and power can be worse, actually, than physical. Physical can heal. Words have lasting effects. And you can't unring a bell. That's why I put a lot of emphasis now into studying words, reading their definitions, which is why I do a word of the day, why I wanna press on the importance of why words matter. Every little word, every little word matters. Not just the big words, but even the teeny tiny ones of, our, me, of, uh, the, in, You have to watch how words are structured. They're very important. Now, with these little water balloon fights, we would just get a little wet, a little soaked for a bit, but eventually we dried off very quickly and we were off on our way, enjoying our day and enjoying each other again. It's amazing what the transformation that has taken place. See, the old self, the old Jason, the dead Jason, I was filled with a lot of anger and rage and, and I didn't even know it. I drank a lot. Don't get me wrong, I like to enjoy a glass of wine and a couple of seltzers every now and then, but I drank a lot. I drank a lot of vodka and Red Bull. I drank a lot. Smoked a lot. It was a bad life I used to live before getting married, that is. And then of course, as the different stages of life occurred, you know, little by little, I would become a little better, but not, not, I was not good enough. God completely had to destroy me. Literally God, the Holy Spirit and Christ, they had to destroy me in order for me to live the life that they, that God wants me to live and to be the man that I was supposed to be, not the one that I was being, which was not good at all. What's the point of this whole story, this whole discussion? We all were once dead in an old self or some of us that are listening to this still may be living a dead life. Yes, you can be living physically in the flesh, but leading a dead life internally, especially if you're not rooted in Christ and you just don't realize it yet. Some of you might say, but Jason, I believe in Christ. Yeah, I believed in Christ too but I didn't proclaim him in public. I didn't ask him to be in my heart like you should. I didn't intentionally pray to God for specific things like patience and things like that and work in me. And most importantly, I didn't give up surrender of my life, a hundred percent surrender of my life to Christ and God until you really surrender yourself to Christ and allow him to pour in your heart. (laughs) Nothing's going to happen. But when you do invite Christ in your heart and you open up your heart, look out. I'm going to tell you the process is not always clean and easy. In fact, when you ask Christ to enter your heart and you completely surrender your life over to God, it could actually be one of the most profound, however, also the hardest transformation you'll ever experience because when you go through a true transformation in your life you'll know it because it's hard because you might have to face truths that you don't want to hear because when you face certain truths like for example hearing you are verbally abusive to me it hits you in a way in your in your whole being I mean those words pierced me more severely than any bullet or sword ever could I couldn't I I, I was sh- I was stunned literally I was stunned I didn't know what hit me those words brought me down to my knees I couldn't believe it When you pray to Father God to work in your life and whatever it is that you're asking Him for, look out. And I'm not saying that to be scared. I'm saying that to expect the unexpected because when He answers, it won't be the answer you may be expecting in most cases. God works wonderfully and beautifully. But before before you get built up, before He restores you, He's got to strip down all the ugliness. He's got to get, he's got to sand down the rust. He's got to drop out that old motor. He's got to tear out all the electrical. Yes, this is a reference to car restoration. He's got to do a lot. He's got to rip out the interior. He's got to sand down the paint. He's got to put, you know, he's got to sand He's got to sand down the paint. He's got to sand out the rust. He's got a bondo, you know, he's got to put new sheet metal on. I mean, he's got a lot to do. There's a lot of work that needs to be done. And it's a hard process, and it could take a little while. Restoring a car just doesn't happen overnight. But when you finally get the end process, when you get to the end of that process, I should say, and you get to that, you know, that final showroom car, that showroom finish—I'm not there yet. Believe it or not, let me tell you, I'm not. I'm far from it. I think I'm uh, getting some bondo now. Right? He stripped everything out of me. Now he's he's building me back up. I think he's working. You know, putting some of them bondo in some of those rust spots. <laughs> I don't even have the new motor yet. <laughs> but what's my point? The restoration process, the transformation, is going to take time. I got past the hard part, which was getting stripped of everything. My ego, my pride, which by the way is one of the seven deadly sins, remember. Everything gets stripped away internally. But you know what? I feel free. I feel great. And our marriage has never been better. And I'm still being rebuilt. And I'm loving it. I don't know where my life is going to take me. And I don't care. All I know is with God at the wheel, because he is in the captain's chair. He's in control. I am just his co-passenger. I'm his co-host, which is why this is his show. This is not mine. But I know with God at the wheel, I have no fear. I truly believe that where he takes me is gonna be for the good of me and my family. Let's get to the word of the day real quick. Something that we heard earlier in the show, enmity that was in the scripture enmity it's a noun it means the quality of being an enemy the opposite of friendship ill will hatred unfriendly dispositions malevolence it expresses more than aversion and less than malice and differs from displeasure in denoting a fixed or rooted hatred whereas displeasure is more transient definition two very quick also a state of opposition And to put into, uh, to use this word as, a, uh, as an example here, as it states in Genesis 3.15, I will put enmity between thee and the woman. Another uh, another um, example, the carnal mind is enmity against God. And the last example is the friendship of the world is enmity against God with God, which is found in James four four. The things that I was engaged in from this old world from this from this world that still even exist, I was engaging in things that were enemies of God. Quick quote you know, quotes of the day. This one's by John Maxwell. Questions for God every morning. What is the main event today? And what do you want me to focus on today? When you pray, be very direct and precise with your aim and all of your prayers. Don't just shoot aimlessly in the sky hoping to hit something. You have to aim. So in closing... Before my old self died, I still consciously and actively prayed and asked God in my old life to grant me more patience and to help adjust my life and to make me a better man, a better husband, and a better father. I knew I could always improve. I just didn't know to what extent. I didn't like fighting. I knew the fighting would eventually end our marriage if something didn't give. But when father crushed me down with those words of truth that my wife uttered out of her lips was when I realized just exactly how severely flawed and terrible I was. And I think that was the final phase of the strip down. Because I believe he was stripping me down of everything else. But then at that very moment, he finally took out the, the old engine in me. The dead heart, Right put a revitalized heart in me, one of light, one with Christ, because that's what I had asked for. Car doesn't get restored by itself without the owner wanting, you know, wanting that car restored with his permission and with his request. I knew what I was praying for. I just didn't know how my prayers were going to be answered. And boy, oh boy, what a crazy, crazy process. Again, I don't know who needs to hear this. Take a look at your own life. Look in the mirror. Look in your eyes. Look in your own eyes. You ever do that? When you're just by yourself, just look in your eyes. Because I say the eyes are the windows to the soul. And ask yourself, have you really, truly asked God to take control of your life and give up total surrender to him and allow yourself to soften and open your heart and allow God to be invited into your heart. Have you done that? It's a simple thing to do, but a very hard thing to execute. And when you start getting stripped down of all your old ways and your dead, your dead self becomes finally passed away then God resurrects you. He resurrects you with a new life. i tell you what, with that resurrection, I have no fear and I have no anxieties. I have no problems anymore. I don't allow money to root me of this world because, again, the friendship of the world is enmity with God. Drugs, drink, pornography, gambling, lying. I mean, all these things in this world. That's why God said in in his book, be in this world, but don't be of this world. So we're going to close this out. And we're going to do a closing prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much. I appreciate the walk that you've put me on. I appreciate the experiences that you have allowed me to go through. Because I believe through these experiences, I believe in my whole heart that you want me to share this with with the world and anyone who will listen. I hope my hope and prayer is that whoever listens to this, that they ask for you to you for that true transformation as well. And that you lead them down the path of abundant life, freedom, true freedom. And to be you know, to have the ability to rip off the shackles of the world, That satan often puts around us thank you i pray all this in your holy son's name jesus christ amen and we're going to close this out with the warrior's prayer heavenly Father. father Your warrior prepares for battle. Today I claim victory over Satan by putting on the whole armor of God. I put on the girdle of truth. May I stand firm in the truth of your word so I will not be a victim of Satan's lies. I put on the breastplate of righteousness. May it guard my heart from evil so I will remain pure and holy, protected under the blood of Jesus Christ. I put on the shoes of peace. May I stand firm in good news of the gospel so your peace will shine through me and be a light all i encounter i take the shield of faith may i be ready for satan's fiery darts of doubt denial deceit so i will not be vulnerable to the spiritual defeat i put on the helmet of salvation may I keep my mind focused on you so satan will not have a stronghold on my thoughts i take the sword of spirit may the two-edged sword of your word be ready in my hands so i can expose the tempting words of Satan. By faith your warrior has put on the whole armor of God. I am prepared to live this day in spiritual victory. Amen. Listening to his hard line. Remain firm, steadfast, and uncompromising. Good night, God bless, and signing out until next time.